You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Thank you, worship team. So, so appreciate you guys. We have a great worship team, right? Awesome. And uh, thank you guys. I also want to celebrate, um, you know, Pastor Bill was just talking about um, our food drive. And, you know, I know uh, one, of, one of the folks who really is, is a champion for that, and I know he's watching online, so I want to just celebrate him, is Rick Rosenberg. So thankful for Rick. He's got a passion. He's just uh, so, so thankful for him and so many others who are passionate about the missions and kind of help light that fire in all of us. So thank you to Rick and, and his team and all that they do. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about heaven, and we're continuing our series, Coming Kingdom. And we're going to be talking, I, I want to just remind us of our theme verse, which is Revelation eleven fifteen, And it's going to pop up here on the screen, and I'm going to read that. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen to that. And just for a few minutes, I want to talk out of this, this book, Revelation. And before I do so, uh, because I'm talking about it uh, this week, and I know next week we're also going to be looking at Revelation as we conclude the series, the book of Revelation um, is, is such a powerful book, being the last book of the Bible, because it has so much stuff in it that kind of makes us scratch our heads a little bit, kind of, uh, uh, yeah, you know, people are not our heads right now. I see a lot of people, yeah, I'm not sure what to do with this book sometimes, right? Well, we as pastors, we have those moments too, and, but I want to just, I want to dispel a few things. When I think about Revelation and how it's treated, okay, uh, too often, Revelation has been sensationalized through books and movies and things like that about all the stuff that we read in this and think might happen. Uh, and I'm not quite sure we get even close to what's going to happen, all right, to be honest with you. And then there's also not just sensationalizing it, but actually using it to scare people. And I think what we miss is the most important thing about the book of Revelation, and that's Jesus. Jesus. We have powerful words from Jesus. This is a revelation to the Apostle John from Jesus. And we get to see Jesus in such vivid ways as we read in this text. And, and so this is the real focus. And in fact, the whole book, as I'm going to read here in just a few minutes, begins with this revelation where John is seeing Jesus face to face and how powerful that is. And just thinking about this idea about how uh, we, we read about Jesus, we talk about Jesus, we worship Jesus. We're, we were just reading uh, the lines uh, on this worship song and are uh, singing about Jesus, uh, but this reality that 
that someday we're going to see him face to face. I started thinking about what does that look like even in this real world, and there's not really a perfect parallel, but I did think about something that's um, of interest to me. I, I spend time just as a hobby building my family tree uh, uh, on ancestry. So I've been doing that and um, kind of gotten to a lot of dead ends now, so I'm not working on it as much anymore. But for three or four years, I was really building this family tree, seeing a lot of names of people that I've never met and that are long past. Um, and um, after about three years, I actually had somebody reach out to me, a cousin who, um, because they do this DNA thing, reached out to me and said, hey, I'm your second cousin. I'm not far from you. This is when I was still in the Midwest and said, I have a old, nice piece of furniture that was your great, 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 great grandfather's brought over by covered wagon and my kids don't want it and I don't have a place for it. Do you want it? And I was like, Okay, sure. So I drove out and I met this person face to face that had just been a name on a screen. And it was a really cool thing. It was really powerful. There's other great stories about uh, what ancestry and how people have reconnected. I came across one of them and share with, the, with you briefly. Two sisters who were um, separated at birth, adopted to two different families. One of them knew about her sister from a young age and never thought she'd ever find her. But through ancestry, uh, 50 plus years later, they connected. After their first phone call, they arranged a meeting and one sister went to pick up her sister and see her for the first time. A photographer captured this moment and I thought it was so powerful. I want to share it with you. These two sisters seeing each other face to face for the first time, Connie and Dolores. And I loved as I was reading about this, this story, uh, Connie said, it's like you've always been around me somehow. It's like you've always been around me somehow. I thought that little statement encapsulated perfectly our relationship with Jesus Christ. And this, this already not yet reality. You see, in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus, as he's ascending into heaven, speaks to his disciples who are looking up and saying, where are you going? Don't leave us. And he says to them, and be sure of this, I will be with you always till the very end. He says that to us. And yet someday we will see him face to face, but yet right now he is with us and he is with you as you follow him in a relationship with Jesus. And this reality is sometimes, we sometimes lose track of this, but I want to remind us the big thought is Jesus is already with us, already with us, yet we have not seen him face to face. That being said, what we have in the book of Revelation, chapter one, this revelation that John has and this face-to-face -face encounter and this powerful vision is something I believe we can learn from as we look at here and in heaven. That's kind of what I'm going to talk about for the next few minutes, here and in heaven. Uh, and we're going to look at John chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Uh, you can look, and we're going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. So I'm going to read that with you right now. 
So when I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. And walking among the lampstands, I saw someone like a son of man wearing a full-length robe with a golden sash over his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, white as glistening snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were gleaming like bright metal. And though they were glowing in a fire, and his voice was, in, was, was like the roar of many rushing waters. In his right hand, he had seven stars, and out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword, and his face was shining like the brightness of the blinding sun. And when I saw him, I fell down at his feet, as good as dead. And he said, and, and he said, his right, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to turn around and look at this here. And, but he laid his right hand on me, And I heard his reassuring voice saying, don't yield to fear. I am the beginning and I am the end, the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys that unlock the death and the unseen world. Very, very, very powerful, powerful words that come from Jesus here in this first meeting. And it's not just in this, in this uh, revelation, it's not just his words, but it's the imagery. As we read about these things, I want to just comment on just a few of them. First, his voice was like the rushing waters. John is on an island of Patmos where there he would be hearing these waves crashing. And so here in this, in this moment, he likens it to this powerful sound that he's hearing. What this is communicating to us is the power of Jesus. He is all-powerful. It's also giving us this image of him holding in his right hand seven stars. There were seven churches in this revelation as he's speaking to seven churches at that time that here in his right hand, and all throughout Scripture, the right hand signifies authority that Jesus has all authority. We also have the sword, the sword coming out of his mouth. This is a symbol of judgment, that Jesus at the end will judge the living and the dead. And then finally, this radiant face. And this is interesting because we also have uh, an occurrence in the Old Testament where Moses, who sees God, and goes to Mount Sinai, and he comes down, and his face is radiant just like this. This is about glory, the significance and the glory of God shining from Jesus's face. These are all the things that we capture from this, this, these few verses here. But what does this mean for us today, right now, as we're in this already All right, we already walk with Jesus, but we haven't seen him face to face. What can we take from this? And I want to just share three three points that I think just this that I grabbed from this text that I think are important for us now, here and in heaven. It is great to look forward to heaven and the hope of heaven. But what do we do right now? On earth, 
where so many are hurting, so many are confused, so many are broken, so many are wondering, so many without Jesus. What does this look like for us now? First, I want to just just share this first thought. The sight of our Savior will bring us to our knees. John, upon seeing Jesus face to face, doesn't run and hug him or anything like this in this this powerful revelation. No, he falls to his knees. And it says he was like dead, almost like dead, falling in humility. When I think about this for our relationship right now, when we see him face to face, we'll probably do the same thing. Go to our knees. But I think we can go to our knees now too. That we could spend time more and more. And whatever that looks like for you, wherever you can, that you would spend time talking to Jesus and not just about your own life and what you're walking through and struggling through, but for those who are around you that don't know Jesus, that we could be on our knees praying for them, especially in this difficult season that we walk through. I want to encourage you uh, to practice that. The second thing I want to share is one that has been really heavy on my heart all week. So there's this imagery of Jesus holding the keys, the keys. And there's all different kinds of ideas on this. There was actually uh, Greek and, and Roman ideas about uh, which gods hold the keys to the underworld. So there's, there's maybe a hint of that. But Jesus, in this moment, holding the keys, he has all authority and power Over earth, heaven, and hell, he holds the keys to it all. To it all. As I was thinking about this, sometimes when you're looking at things in Scripture and you're preparing for for things and you have things on your mind, you notice things that you might not always notice. I was walking into uh, Target uh, earlier in the week, and I looked at the Scripture earlier that morning walking into Target in the parking lot, and I see someone walking just ahead of me, and he worked at Target, and I looked, it looked like he was coming in to work or something, but in his hand, he literally had the biggest ring of keys I had seen in a long time. It was like he held the keys to Target, Giant Eagle, Burger King, Wendy's, everything down that whole street. I mean, I was like, wow, that's a lot of keys. And he's walking in. I, I didn't know if he was a janitor or, or what, but just before he got to the door, uh, he, he spun around and a truck pulled up. And I don't know if it was somebody else he worked with or for, or it was his father, but he went to that truck and he took the keys and he handed it to them and they drove away. And this is the thought that I have for you this morning. And I think it's important as we talk about heaven, we We think hope and we look forward and we get excited. But I believe in this, that there's a challenge for us. You see, the coming kingdom, we look forward to that. But his kingdom come in our hearts, in our lives, relies on us asking Jesus to be the king of our heart, the king of our home. And for that to happen, we have to take the keys to everything in our life and we hand it over to Jesus and say, 
It's all yours. Here you go. I would take my keys out, but I gave them to my wife, so I can't show you my keys. Here you go. Here's all my worries. Here's all my hopes. Here's all my dreams. Here's all my talents. Here's everything. And yet, the real struggle for all of us is this. We kind of like to keep a few of those keys in our pocket. Or sometimes we like to actually go and and say, hey, can I have a few of those back? Because I'm not quite sure I want to let go yet. I want to ask this because I think it's important. What are the keys that you're holding on to that you need to surrender to Jesus and say, I'm going to trust you with this too. I'm going to trust you with this too. And as I ask that question, I don't think I even need to go into any descriptions or throw out any kind of ideas because here's the deal. As I ask that, the Holy Spirit is probably knocking on your heart right now. And right now in this moment, you know what it is. You know. Lord, help us to turn it all over to him. The last thought, Jesus and this resounding vision for John. He says, I'm the beginning of the end, the alpha and the omega. And what a powerful reminder to us that Jesus is reassuring us here and in heaven. He's reassuring us and he's reminding us, don't be afraid, I'm the beginning and the end. Let me tell you something on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever this, we all pray that it is finished on Tuesday or Wednesday. Amen. Um, That is not the beginning or the end of anything. Jesus is. God, when he spoke at the beginning of time, said, let there be light. He started this thing and he's going to end it. And nobody on earth has any say in that. Trust me in that. Trust me. And trust in him and his words as he speaks calm and peace over every one of our hearts this morning. That's my prayer for you. I'm going to pray for you right now for that, for any fear in this room and in our hearts. Let's bow our heads right now as Jesus wants to reassure us in this moment. Lord, we thank you that you are the beginning and the end, that you are all powerful and that you hold the keys to heaven and earth and hell. And Lord, as we put the keys of our life into your hands, we can trust you with everything else. And so God, let us do that. And let us hear your words of peace in our hearts as there is panic and fear that wants to rule this world, let us be agents of peace in all that we do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.